What's going on, everybody? This is O from Locker Room BO. Um, it's your boy B. We got another episode for you guys today. Today we are joined by two a gentleman, uh, one that we've known for a very long time, or actually I've known for a very long time, uh, Luis, and then one of his friends who we just met named David. And I don't want to take too much or give too much information, so I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. Ya tu sabe, ya tu sabe, primos. What's going on, fellas? Uh, first off, uh, me and David are excited to be on this uh, on this platform, on this podcast. Um, we're just here trying to spread the love of Jesus. You know what I mean? So super excited, super pumped to be able to share our testimony and kind of share uh, just the love of Jesus. So, go ahead, David. Sorry, buddy. David here. Uh, like we, like Luigi was saying, we're just here to you know to put out Jesus out there. You know, so you guys can hear from him and what he's done in our lives and. What you can do in your lives, believe it or not, I know Luigi for four months, but this wow. seems like I've known him for like 15 years. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so that's just like some crazy connection that the Lord gave us, and we're just happy to share that with y'all. Dope, man. Dope. Yeah, I mean, Luigi's definitely a, a friendly person. He's got an easygoing personality, uh, so very easy to get attached to this guy. Um, so today we're going to be talking about, like they said, uh, a little bit more about Jesus and, and what they... Uh, what he has done for both of your with both of your lives and kind of where you guys came from. Um, I, I don't know, Luis, uh, I might be incorrect for saying this, but you are a a youth leader slash pastor for the youth. Yeah, yeah. So basically just, you know, basically leading the youth ministry, but uh, just got the title of young adults pastor. So heavy, heavy, you know, title position. But um, at the end of the day, it's just serving God. You know what I mean? No doubt. Um, so uh, some of our episodes, I, I don't know if Brandon shared his his beliefs um, on previous episodes, but uh, mm. I've shared mine. And then I, I guess uh, once we get to that point, I if you know you guys are curious, I'll definitely reshare it again. Uh, but definitely, For guys, sure. I mean this is we've this is your platform. Go ahead and uh, and you know let people know why testimony. Yeah, just give out your testimony. Let him know what he's done in your life. Uh, I think with the way things are going now these days in the world, uh, for those people that have faith, I think it's important to be reminded that, you know, God is still there for them and, you know, give everybody still a sense of hope. So, well, yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, one thing is, uh, you know, we started talking about the new position at church that God has gifted me with, you know what I mean? It's exciting times in my life. Uh, like I said, young adults pastorship is, it's not easy. It's, it's, it's a heavy position, but at the same time, it's a beautiful thing. Like just serving Christ in general is just, there's a joy that comes out of that. But in reality is you, you can't understand like, you know, where I'm at today without understanding who I was in the past or kind of sharing my testimony. So um, I'm going to give you a little glimpse of uh, my testimony. I mean, if, if I were to give you the whole thing, It'd be three days long, so <laughs> I don't think this podcast can go three days. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to run through it. I'm going to run through it. I'm 
like I said, I'm excited to to share with God what Jesus has done in my life. You know what I mean? Like, I want people to know that there is hope. There's hope in the name of Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, uh, especially during the times right now, we need, we're seeking hope in something, in someone. And the true hope is Jesus. You know what I mean? So with that being said, I'll run through my testimony. Um, you know what? I didn't I didn't grow up in the in a church, uh, in a church home. Uh, I didn't grow up in the church. Um, you know, I had a stereotype of, of people from church. You know what I mean? Uh, growing up, I thought people from church were like boring. You know what I mean? Like that's a stereotype that sometimes we get like boring. Like they don't know how to have fun. Uh, sometimes we get the negative stereotype of judgmental people, you know? Yeah. Um, I was uh, at a young age, I was wilding out. You know what I mean? Like I said, I've known Oscar for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's been a minute. So when I was, you know, growing up, I was a big, I was a big drinker. I love to party, uh, always at the club. You know what I mean? Oscar could attest to that. Oscar was there with me. A yeah. uh, funny story about Oscar was Oscar was always ready to take flight on anybody. <laughs> <laughs> One thing he would say a lot is like, man, bro, I'm ready to take flight on that dude. You ready? You know what I mean? So it, it's funny to to see where we're both been at, you know, where God has uh, has taken me and kind of just reminiscing on the stories from, from the past. But right. Yeah, I li- I live I lived a, a different lifestyle. Like I said, my Friday nights were, you know, what are we doing? What are we pulling up? You know what I mean? What, what are we drinking? Uh, where we partying that, you know what I mean? It was just a different lifestyle. Now my Fridays are like, you know, I can't wait to serve Christ. I can't wait to work with the youth. I can't wait to work with the young adults. So it's a different mindset. You know, God changed me and I'm, I'm, I'm blessed for that. Um, you know, but how things change so quickly. Like I said, I grew up, I grew up in the, I grew up in the world doing things like drinking, partying, all that. You know, one day I was invited to church, um, you know, I pulled up to church. I was invited to church and the whole Christian church was, was new to me. It was, it was difficult. It was different. Uh, I pulled up, people were singing, clapping. Yeah. You know I mean, it was a lot for me to take in in one, one day. You know what I mean, I was like, this is way too much. Like, what did I get myself into? You know what I mean? So, uh, I remember thinking to myself, man, this is the last time I'll ever go to church. Like, this isn't for me. Like this, this truly isn't for me. Um, but for some reason, I just kept going. I kept going. And um, I just remember one time I was at church and um, this worship song, this worship song was playing and it really touched my heart. And I just started to cry. I started crying. I was like, man, this isn't me. Why am I crying? I'm not really an emotional dude. You know what I mean? So I was like, why am I crying? And it wasn't per se, it wasn't the, the worship song, it was the lyrics of the song. Uh, the lyrics really touched my heart. And um, from that day on, like, I just, you know what I mean? I started to, things just started to change in my life. You know what I mean? I started to to slowly fall in love with God. You know what I mean? Um, and and it was it was a process. Like, it wasn't like that day I changed from from day to night. It was It was definitely a process but I started to see changes in my life. You know, things that I once did, I didn't want to do no more. And I just saw how Jesus was truly working in my life. And it was amazing, dude. It was, it was truly amazing. Um, one thing that I learned was that, you know, once you, once you understand what grace is, 
once you understand the grace of God, you're never left the same. You know what I mean? And, and once you understand the love of God, once you taste the love of God, it, it just changes you forever. Like you can't stay the same. You know what I mean? Um, and one thing that, another thing that I learned was that, you know, sometimes we try to follow this man-made religion and that's not what it's about. It truly is about a relationship with Christ. I'm gonna say that again. It's a relationship with Christ because I think people are really scared of, or um, they, uh, they freak out from by religion. Like religion, I'm not about that religion thing. I, I truly ain't. I'm about a personal relationship with Jesus, an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus. And that's what, that's what it's about. And, and, and that's, my, that's my mission that I'm on now. Just, you know what I mean? Uh, Souls for Christ. You know, I call it on uh, our young adults ministry called Jesus Movement, baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> Jesus yeah. Movement. Hashtag three fires. You have to sorry. You know what I mean? So it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's exciting times for me. But that was just kind of a glimpse of my testimony. Like I said, it was all a process. God had to mold me to the man I am today. I've been through a lot. I've been through depression. I've been through a divorce. Uh, I've been through a lot in my life and God has showed me how real he is. It's one thing to, it's one thing to read the Bible. You know what I mean? But it's another thing to live it, to experience God's love, to experience his faithfulness. You feel me? Like it's, it's a whole different thing. When you experience God, you see how real he is. And I'm, I'm a living testimony, bro. Like to be real, like, I'm alive because of his grace. I shouldn't even be here today. It's only by the grace of God that I'm here. So like I said, it's, I, I could keep talking for days, <laughs> but, but it just shows like the passion I have for Jesus. No, it's good, man. For sure. Um, yeah. I mean, when you talk about a relationship, it, it kind of just brings back, um, a friend of mine that actually you know very well. Uh, or not very well, but you know his brothers very well. And um, it, it, I guess you can consider him the, the black sheep of the family. He is definitely one of those, uh, those people that whose family definitely grew up in the church and were uh, not only did they grow up in the church, but the family was actually the church, uh, meaning like his uncle was the main pastor and stuff like that. So they were always... Um, there, but he kind of—I don't know if he still does. I don't think so. But for a for a very long time, he had to hide his uh, who he really was at the time, and uh, he just had a conversation with his mom one day because you know she she got upset. She's like, "What are you doing with your life? You're ruining it. What's Jesus gonna think?" Type of style, and um. I think it's it's those scenarios that a lot of people are kind of scared of, like going to church but still not being able to live their lives because then you have somebody there that's consistently judging you in, in what you're doing. And um, I, I really do believe that's kind of like what scares people away. They don't want that type of uh, interaction with anybody. And it's important that not only that you emphasize that, but that I also do the same, that it's going to have to be a relationship that you have with God. Because at the end of the day, I believe that no matter what I do, Luis will never be um, accountable for that. Like he, 
I don't think God's going to be like, well, Luis, you, you know, Oscar went out and drank and dr- got drunk every day. And even though you were a friend, his friend, you know, now you can't be saved. So it's one of those things like whatever I do in my life, whatever I choose to, or whatever, whatever type of relationship I choose to have with God, it's going to be on me. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's what you put into that relationship. Right. I think one thing that we get it twisted is we think that we can change people and we can't, you know what I mean, only God can change that individual. And it's the Holy spirit that works through us when we receive Jesus that does the change. You know what I mean? I yeah. feel, um, I feel like, like that's the position I was too. In the beginning, I was like, I can't go to church. I can't come to Christ. Look at everything. My life, my whole life, I don't want to be a hypocrite. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yeah. I, how can I, you know, how can I come to Jesus with all these flaws and all these things? You know what I mean? But Jesus says, come as you are. Like, let him change you. Like, let the Holy Spirit work through you. You know what I mean? I think it's it's when you start building that relationship with Jesus that you start, um, you start changing your internal features inside. You know what I mean? Because Jesus, Jesus promises you that, you know, once you have a relationship with him, he's going to change. Uh, he's going to change you slowly, your internal, you know, your internal part. And, and, and I think it's all about falling in love with God. You know what I mean? Uh, really try when you fall in love with God. I mean, he'll start changing your heart. He start, he'll start changing those things that, you know, those habits or those things that you find difficult to drop. Like he'll change that internally for you. So with me, it's like, if you struggle with something, like don't let that hinder you or stop you from going to church. Like God can do amazing things, bro. If God can change me, man, God can change anybody. You just have to believe and trust. In the Bible, it says, put your complete faith and trust in him. You know what I mean? Put your complete faith and trust in him. Don't put your complete faith and trust in man. Man will fail you. But God has given you a promise that he won't. And he won't. There's a promise in the Bible that says he won't leave you the same. You know what I mean? He won't leave you the same. That's a promise. But you have to be connected to the branch, to the vine. You know what I mean? You got to be connected and let him be the source of power to change you. You feel me? All right. It's pretty, it's pretty deep. Um, I think the mindset of, you know, you going to church I think it has a negative, you know, stigma behind it. Like you said, being boring or, you know, sitting down and, you know, listen to a pastor speech. But I, I, I really appreciate that relationship, you know, mindset that you bring. Um, I feel like that's what I have. I don't really, I'm not really a church person, but I feel like I got a relationship. Um, I think I'm a part of the, the Christian religion, but, you know, I don't, I could probably do more like, you know, going to church and stuff like that. But I feel like I have a relationship with God and that, that's a pretty, you know, that's something I, said I like to think about too. Not necessarily, you know, going to church and that being like a negative, you know, stigma, but having a relationship. So I, I thought that was pretty dope. I like, I like that that mindset you brought about. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, what I mean, having a relationship is important. You know, what I mean, we go to church so that we can be encouraged by our brothers and sisters in Christ. You know what I mean? Like our brothers and sisters in Christ, it says in the Bible, we congregate with one another. So to encourage one another, you know what I mean? Because we go through the same battles mm-hmm. and we need encouragement, bro. Like it's not easy. Being a Christian is not easy. You know, you go through spiritual warfare, you go through 
problems in life, life circumstances, and you need your brothers and sisters to encourage you. That's why I have my, my boy David right there. Like we, we brothers, bro. Like we encourage each other because it's difficult. You know what I mean? I, I, being in church is not easy. And one thing too, man, like going to church and just being in ministry um, has bring accountability to my life. It's brought purpose. I think so much of the time where we seek purpose and um, that it brings you purpose, bro. You know what I mean? Sometimes you live this lifestyle, drinking, partying, women, and there's still like an emptiness inside, a void that's missing. And that's the part that I talk about. Like that's only your creator can fill that void. His name is Jesus Christ. And he can bring purpose to your life. Like he's done to me. You know what I mean? I ain't gonna lie, drinking, partying, I was living. It was bringing me satisfaction, you know what I mean? But there was like a void inside. There was an emptiness. And, and, and God, having a relationship with Christ and, and just filling my life with ministry and, and working with the youth and young adults has brought purpose to me. I can appreciate that. Um, what about you, David? How'd you, how'd you get into uh, being part of a ministry? I have a whole complete story, different story from Luigi. I grew up in the church. Um, by just tradition, uh, being Mexican, we're all Catholic. Um, a lot of us are. Uh, so that's how we grew up. But we would only go Sundays, be there, head out. You know, there was no children's ministry, no nothing. We, everyone inside the, the church. Um, but then my parents found the Christian church through my aunt, through my dad's um and from since the age of eight i've been growing up in the church uh up to the age of 18 before i left to the marines so during that time during my like i was i was that go-getter kid the, the good kid i wanted to learn bible verses i wanted to be the top in my sunday school class i wanted to be you know just soak it all in i was participating in church being in different ministries um but then i left to the marines and everything just started unraveling the whole, like we just saying, the whole world, the whole um, just drinking and partying and stuff like that. Starting, I started getting involved, you know, we went through boot camp, whatever, but it wasn't until I got to like Japan, Okinawa, Japan, when my first station, that's where they told me, Hey, you're either going to be a drunk, a gym rat or a religious dude. I wasn't a religious man or a gym rat. So I become a drunk um, every weekend, just partying, drinking, during during the week as well we just you know that's just a culture we i got merged into a culture that that's what it was you know that was like the norm you know drink the night before we go to work and it's nothing crazy people still do it outside like in the civilian world but it's just that i wasn't used to it um i was going down that path everything well funny story like my mom would say hey david just read your bible dude just you know pray listen to music christian music go to church whatever but it got to the point where I was so immersed in that culture of drinking and partying that I just told my mom, like, yo, just leave me alone. I'm, I'm 21 years old. I'm young. I have energy. Let me go out. Let me party. Let me live my life. You know? So I was like, all right. So she did. She respected that. And it's crazy that, like, I don't have many regrets in life, but that's the only regret I have in my life is telling my mom that. Because um, I, I could see the hurt in her face. And she's like, okay, I'll respect your decision. Because, you know, salvation, at the end of the day, it's a personal thing. My mom can't force it. Like you were saying, uh, Oscar, your whole family being in it couldn't force that one person to be saved. No one can force you to do anything, not even God, you know? So that's something that my mom respected me as a, 
as a man, say, okay, live your life. I'm still going to pray for you, and, and I'll still be here for you. And every day, we still talk through Skype, every day, every day. And I appreciate that, but she wouldn't bring up Christ. She wouldn't bring up, you know, God or reading the Bible ever since that day. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm glad. But then I left Japan, came back to the States in Virginia for two years. And that's when I started really like, okay, is this really one or what I want for the rest of my life? Is this what satisfies me? Knowing I came from the church, knowing who God is. You know, there's something that me and Luigi talk about that when we're, when we're drinkers and we were wishy-washy in the faith, we'd be like, let's just get drunk as fast as we can so we don't get that little voice in our head saying, wait, what are you doing? You know, block out that whole Holy Spirit saying, hey, you know, this isn't what you're supposed to be doing. So we just pound drinks just so we can get that out of our head, block it out. Right. Um, so I would do that. I would do that. And it gets sloppy drunk. And, you know, and I was like, wait, is this really what I want? You know, um, so I started turning my life around little by little. You know, it was like, like we just, it's a process. We can't just from one day to another, just turn it off. You know, because we get those temptations. We do things we're not supposed to. We look at things we're not supposed to. And it's just little by little. And eventually I was like, okay, I know what I want now. And it's until we truly know what we want is when we really recognize what we need. You know, I know I, I wanted Jesus. Therefore, I needed Jesus. A lot of times we want something, but we can't obtain it. We want that peace, that comfort, you know, that passion or that satisfaction in life. But until we don't want it, we don't know what we really need. Um, and I started getting back into the church little by little, you know, I wasn't doing as bad. Like they say, that's my biggest thing. I wasn't like, Oh, I'm not drinking as much anymore. I went from a 30 rag to just a six pack now, you know? Um, but then I just, once I got out of the military, I was like, okay, I really need to get my life around because I can't be doing this anymore for, for my sake. I know the, the truth, the Bible, I know what it means to be saved. I know what it means to you know, obey the Lord. And, you know, a lot of times people want to do good works. You know, Christians say, oh, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to be a good person. Even Christians say that. Um, But the Bible says it's not by works that you receive grace. It's a free gift from God, you know, that he wants us to receive it. I'll accept you as you are. And I start. I had a hard time with that because being the man I am, my mentality is if I did something wrong, I'm going to pay for it. You know, I'm going to own up to my mistakes. I'm going to own up to my my decisions, you know, I'm going to take those consequences with everything that came with it. But I was like, so that's why grace for me was something hard to accept. Like, okay, God, you're just going to say, you're going to clean it clean. Just make it clean. It's like, that's what I'm exactly what I'm saying. But I couldn't wrap my head around that. Even growing up in the church, I couldn't wrap my head around that. So it's just amazing how the Lord's really just been saying, Hey, don't worry. You're clean. You're your sins have been forgiven, your past, your mistakes, everything has been forgiven. Just keep coming forward. And like Luigi says, my relationship started growing, you know, and that's something that we just really take into consideration was a relationship. A lot of times, like if I'm married and if I only spoke to my wife when I'm outside, like the house, or I only spoke to her when I'm inside the house, but never outside, it's never going to grow. You know, my, my relationship with her is 24 seven. I can't just say I'm not married today or I'm not married, you know, um tomorrow it's i'm married to her for the rest of my life and that's something we have to really consider are we married because it's a we're in a relationship we're in a marriage with christ are we really married and that's something that i've started to recognize this is serious you know i can't really just be wishy-washy because it's what the lord wants so what's your role in in the church 
So I just got promoted to a youth pastor okay. and I work under Luigi as a uh, young adults leader. So we're both, yeah. So his ministry, he works under, we work under him, me and my wife, and then under our ministry, he works under us. So that way we have the connection that we really enjoy that once we're done with the youth, we can just transfer them over to the young adults and continue building them, you know, not just saying, okay, they graduated. Now what? Okay. And then just build them up. And then from the young adults, put them in the church and then start their families and, you know, build from there. So what would be, um, I guess a message that you guys would be willing to give to the youth that, um, I guess in, in church lingo, like lost. Lost. So in church lingo, lost means when you are, have strayed away from God, when you don't recognize God as the Lord and savior, a lot of times lost is either you've been out in the world you are lost. You have no idea. You're blinded. It's dark. Um, or even if you came from the church and left the church, you're lost again. It's like the prodigal son. So the biggest thing for the youth and the young adults, it's like no matter where you come from or how you started, whether you were in the church or you were, you never grew up in the church. If we're lost, we need to be found. Um, lost is uh, just a, that sense of feeling of something missing, like Luigi was saying. Okay. Have you guys actually ever had anybody recently, like, you know, leave the church? Uh, and what has been your interaction with them? The um, reason why I ask is I've, I'm have i one of those guys that has left the church. And um, every time I saw, like, my buddies from church, I think it was more on my end, really, the the shame of like not not being there anymore and then obviously also engaging in uh worldly activities um and then uh, then trying to keep my life a secret from them so like as far as like having them on social media and stuff like that um i'd probably either didn't add them or wouldn't or block them or maybe i just went to the point where like i wouldn't even post anything so that my life is just not on plain view because I mean, I, I definitely cultivated this, um, what would you call it, reputation of being the church kid. And then when I started to derive from that, like it was it, even by like the other people, there was like, well, what happened to you? Like you thought you were into church. I thought you were doing this and that. Uh, so it would just be more interesting to hear like how you guys have interacted or would interact with somebody that stepped out of the church. Well, yeah, so that's that's well, a that. no. Let me go. I'll go for it. <laughs> it it's funny though, Oscar, because I I resonate with you. Because when, like I said, I grew up in the church, and when I got to the Marines, that's when I just let go of the church. And to that point, I would never say I was a Christian when I was drinking, when I was partying, because I didn't want to put my reputation and saying, "Well, look at you, you're a Christian while you're drinking." Yeah, that's why I never said I was a Christian when I was like when I started doing things I was supposed to that were opposed to God. I was like. I'm not going to taint the real ones, like the ones who are truly genuine Christians who want the faith, who want to move the faith forward and want to share the love of Christ. And here I am calling myself a Christian and doing things I'm not supposed to. Um, and I feel that shame. I, I understand that guilt. And it, it's, it's hard. It's That's why the whole grace thing, it's like, okay, yeah, no, there's no way, dude. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take this. I'm not going to accept it. Um, but then it turned to the point where like, 
once I got out, I started working um, just probably like a year ago. I was hanging out with my friends and they're all worldly. They're all drinking. They, we went to big guys um, or uh, big gals down in Ontario and we're all hanging out. They're all drinkers. They're all drinking, eating. I was just eating, sipping on my water. And one of my friends comes up and is like, why are you here with us, dude? Like, why, why do you, you're not even drinking. You're not even, or you're not doing anything. I was like, generally, dude, I, I just like being around you guys. You guys are my friends. I love you guys. And he's just, he just looked at me. He's like, all right, I respect that. Right. You know, because it has to be genuine. Genuine love really breaks down barriers, whether you're a sinner or you're not. There's nothing that, you know, I'm not going to look at you because of what you are and be like, oh, well, that's it. I can't hang out with you. Right. And I think that was a, that was the hardest part. Uh, Cause I, I mean, I definitely, uh, one at the time he was my best friend. Um, he was the one who invited me to church. And then, you know, obviously from there, like at the age of like 15, 16, when I actually started going. Um, and so like our friendship just kind of grew even more to that because we were always around each other, like, you know, being mm-hmm. at church and whatnot. And then other friendships grew from that as well. Um, but yeah, like I said, like I, I've had actually I just had a conversation with one of my one of my friends uh, from church and <clears throat> she still goes and she still, you know, is out there with her with her faith. And it it she's one of those people like, dude, I didn't care what you were doing. Like, I genuinely just cared for you as a friend and the shame that everybody else had, because there was a lot of us that left um, mm-hmm. at different times. Um, for different reasons and um, when I spoke to her about it she was like I was really sad when all of you left at your individual times but was even more sad is the way you guys treated me so what the way that we were not trying to be treated we actually ended up treating our our friends from church because it was like a like a reverse thing Mm -hmm. without without like really trying to do it intentionally so it yeah, I mean, I, I, I wanted to see, like, your guys' interaction with it because I feel like once, maybe maybe it's just my personal thing, but I've seen people leave and then people at church who were uh, leaders of certain ministries or were, I guess you can say, responsible for certain things in certain ministries. When somebody left, it might have been like the like a joke, but you can tell there was some seriousness when they spoke about them and, like, damn, like, he's just worldly now, and he's out there sinning, you know, uh, or making other jokes. So seeing that kind of made it seem like, damn, I wonder what they are saying about me. Right. You, you generalized, you know, the people that you thought um, would look at you a certain way. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. But you didn't, like, give the people that you were friends, like, the benefit of doubt that, you know, regardless of what you were doing, you know, they would still want to be around you and still hang out, you know, even if you were in the church. Right. I, and it just came from like seeing them talk about other people that had left. Mm. So, and it might've been a joke, but it's just, you just kind of, when you actually leave, like you're like, damn, like they're going to be talking crap. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and like, it's crazy. Cause sometimes, you know what I mean? When you go to church, you might get a bad taste in your mouth. Um, You might feel like, uh, people sometimes it's the way people treat you or or how you're judged or or just how things end up happening and a lot of you know what I notice is a lot of uh, 
a lot of youth after high school, you know, they end up leaving the church. Um, they, uh, you know, they're there because their parents take them. But once they have the ultimate decision to be there, they leave. You know what I mean? Um, but one thing that I notice is like when people leave, it's not our responsibility to, to, to badmouth them or, or talk down to them. It's our responsibility to seek them, love them. Like with me, it doesn't matter if you go to church or not. I'm going to be there for you. You know what I mean? Um, because one thing that I, that I know is that it's not me that does the change. It's God. You know, our responsibility as Christians is to love others, love, love them. And it's our responsibility to pray for them. You know, let God, let God take care of that situation. Sometimes we try to take it on our own and it just becomes worse. You know what I mean? People, people have hurt sometimes from the church or things that they've seen or things that they've experienced that say, you know, I don't want to be part of that church. And then they generalize the church to be God. And God's not like that. You know what I mean? We give a bad reputation of what, who God is. You know what I mean? So with me, it's like, you know, I, I seek them. I still hang out with them. I still, just because you decide not to go to church or not to have a relationship with God, doesn't mean I shut my doors. Mm -hmm. I'm going to show the love of Christ to those people because they need it. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, God loves everybody. He just doesn't like the sin or love the sin, right? But he loves everybody. So it's my responsibility as a follower of Christ, as a disciple of Christ, to love others, to love on others. You know what I mean? And uh, one thing that David said, too, is like, you know, you could be an example for others. I hang out with a lot of people that don't go to church, right? I hang out with them. And sometimes, you know, as, as little Joe says, like, Hey, bro, we ain't have beer, but the Capri Suns are in the fridge if you want to get one. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd be like, hold on, what flavor you got, though? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it's it's just setting an example for Christ, man. It's just showing the love of Christ and setting an example for those that, that, uh, those that need it. Generally, we all need Jesus, man. Even if we don't realize that we do. And it's my responsibility to bring Jesus to them. You know what I mean? The church is just a building. We are the church. We are the church, man. And I serve a true and living God. That's why I get so hyped up when I talk about Jesus. That's why you always see a big old smile on me. Because I love talking about God. I love, I love when you live something. When you live something and you experience something, you can understand the joy of it. You know what I mean? It wasn't, it'd be different if I grew up in the church, right? I was forced to believe this. I didn't. I've come to know Jesus on a different level because I've experienced him. Yeah. You feel me? So, you know what I mean? That's, that's my take on that. You know what I mean? So what, what do you guys, um, I have a question. What do you guys feel about, <laughs> or what is a way for you guys? Um, what do you guys think? Like how kids are going to church and not really into it. How do you think you guys could bridge that gap or going forward with different churches? How do you think that, that that bridge can be, you know, like put together? So kids after they turn 18 and they're, you know, they become an adult, they don't feel as though they need to go anymore. So I've always wondered that. I know, I know a lot of, like, I have a lot of homies that, you know, they still go to church, but it's not like, they just doing it because their family goes or they don't really have that relationship or that connection. And then I have some that, that do that have just stuck through it throughout their childhood and now they're adults. So what do you guys think, you know, how that, that bridge can be connected? I, I think one thing is, you know, I mean, we, we try to play uh, uh, this. We try to have this religious 
facade, right? Uh, one thing that, you know, as the young adults pastor right now, one of the things that I'm kind of gauging my ministry towards is there's three pillars. It's realness, transparency, and love. I think those three things attract, you know, the young adults because sometimes we play this this fake role like we're perfect and and this and that and I think that's a turnoff for a lot of young adults mm-hmm. like you want something to be real like I struggle with this yeah I ain't perfect you know I need Jesus but be real with it you know what I mean sometimes the young adults they feel like they have to live a certain image or perception when when it's not about that it's about keeping it 100 with Jesus you know what I mean and and that's where I see it that's why I took over the young adults pastorship because I want to I want to create a, a culture of family togetherness unity, and the way to do that is to keep it one hundred, to keep it real. Like you know me, I keep it one hundred. So, like, do you think that that comes from, or is that the responsibility of the pastor? Because um, I definitely hear you on that. Like the the image of being perfect, the image mm-hmm. of not wanting to to do anything but good things because anything prior to that you're you're looked at as a sinner and you're 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 not following in the steps of God. Um that's kind of how my church was. It was like we it was a relationship but you had to follow kind of by the book. And you needed you to perfect. do this 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 and that because if you strived away from that then you are not part of God. You're not like you don't not saying that this is how I took it. These words never came out of their mouth, but it's almost like you don't deserve what God can give you and the grace because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. In all reality, we don't deserve anything God has given us, but it's through grace. Grace is unmerited favor. You know what I mean? We all fall short of the glory of God, right? But it's like I like I go back and and I use this word a lot. It's about that personal relationship. Like that's how you really change the bad habits that you have. You know what I mean? That's how you gain purpose. That's how you you know what I mean? That's it's about having an intimate, intentional, and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, so the thing is, like you said, like you can't you can't pretend to be perfect. You gotta come to Jesus with your flaws. And that's what the ministry is about. It's like we struggle with stuff. Right. And we need Jesus. We need Jesus to help us in those areas. Even as young adults, pastor and youth pastor, we struggle with things that we need help with. Sometimes we got to come to Jesus to help us out in those areas. You know what I mean? I think that's important for for anybody who's listening to to be aware of mm-hmm. um, is to continue to show in your imperfection, because um, as a I feel like as a new Christian, you're definitely looked at. You look at everybody like, damn, like I can't wait to be that perfect. And the more you continue that journey, as you said, that it's not going to ever get there. You're not going to get there, but (laughs) there's like this image of like, no, I need to be like, like brother Luis, you know, like, man, this guy, like he's all in it. And like, you could just see the grace of God flowing through him. But if you don't share your imperfections, if you don't share Mm -hmm. your struggles, people are never going to know that you ain't perfect. Yeah. Or they're going to feel like I can never achieve that. Maybe that's not my calling. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not supposed to be that perfect. Maybe God just really hates me or what am I doing wrong? So I think it's very important that you continue to share your imperfections with, with your youth, young adults and you, David, too, with your youth uh, congregation. Cause that, that can be a huge turnoff. Yeah. And I think one thing, 
real quick, just the two things that that I want to mention is there's two things we need to do in order to work on our imperfections. One is putting your complete trust and faith in God. And the second one is surrendering your life to Jesus. Jesus is willing to do a work in your life if you allow him to. That's why I love Jesus. He's a gentleman. He doesn't force you to do anything. We, we were created with free will. We can decide if we want to follow him or not. You know, that's how much love he has for us is that he makes it. He lets us choose. He lets us decide. You know what I mean, I promise you, I guarantee you that if you just put your complete trust and faith in Jesus, not on our own standards, not on our own doing, because if we put it on ourselves, we're going to fail ourselves. But if we just give it to Christ and say, look, Christ, I give you my life. I surrender my life to you. I'm going to let you handle me because I can't do it, obviously. And then he's going to do a good work in you. And slowly you're going to be like, bro, you know, I used to smoke cigarettes all the time. Like, now I'm down to, instead of three packs, I'm down to a pack. Or, you know what I'm saying? Or I used to drink these 24, but I don't really feel like drinking like that much no more. Or like I used to fornicate, used to have sex. Like I don't, I, 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 you know, that doesn't really please me no more. And I mean, like Jesus will change you, but you have to allow him to. You know what I mean? So I, I, I think it's crazy how, you know, for most churches or for churches in general, that you guys follow the same the guideline, the Bible, but it's not executed the same way. Like what you're giving off is like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go by love. I have imperfections just like you do. I feel like that's that's a like that's like the most uh, the the best way to go about it. Cause that's real, like you said, is you're you're opening up yourself and showing people like, hey, we're not perfect. Even though we have this grace, we have this relationship with God, you can get there and he knows that you're not gonna be perfect. So I, I think that is dope, man. Cause I feel like what Oscar is saying, there's some churches that they give off this perfection type persona. You know, behind closed doors, they they doing you know they doing the, the imperfections. You know what I'm saying? So, I think it's you know flawed in, in in that sense. But if you being real about it, I feel like you can be more engaged. Like people can be more engaged in what you're trying to you know bring to them. You know, so right. I think that's pretty dope. I think you guys answered my question because it's like 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 I said, I feel like people they get to a certain spot or get to a certain part in their life, and they don't want to be in the church no more. They get they they turn 18, they go off to college, they go off to the military. They don't want to be in the church anymore. They want to live their life. They want to be independent. But if they have that realness from people, that those youth leaders who are, you know, around their same age or maybe a little older, that give them the real and, 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 and you know, show them imp their imperfections and show they're still working on themselves. You know, I think that's like, that's an optimal way of going about it. I think that's dope, man. Yeah, that definitely. And I really love that. Way. You know, that, that's how you guys go about that. That's pretty dope. And then one thing real quick, and then I want David to speak on this too. One thing is that, it's the reason that I'm able to, 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 to think in that manner too, is because I've experienced it myself. I've, I've tasted grace. You know what I mean? I've done all those things. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm empathetical to other people's ways of why they do things or why they struggle. You know what I mean? So empathy is a huge thing to understand other people's hurt, other people's addictions, um, and understand that the solution is Jesus. So I know the solution and I understand the struggle. So it's the combination of both has led me to this ministry. You know what I mean? My bad, David, before you start, bro. So you said you went to church from eight to 18. And then, you know, like you said, you went to the military and did what you did and you came back. Do you think if, you know, your church was set up a different way, let's say you had a Luis in your life when you were, you know, 
in, 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 in high school, nice, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th grade, you think you would have stayed on that same path, even if you went to the military or? I, so my story is like, I totally relate to Oscar. I, I know the whole God is a cop. You do something, he's going to punish you. Kind mm. of, you know, that's where, that's where the mentality comes in. I think that's where a lot of people really reject God after they turn 18. It's like, why am I, why do I feel punished after doing something bad? Why do I feel that guilt and that shame? Um, something that, you know, and that's how I grew up. I grew up the hate, like you were saying, these are the guidelines, these are the rules, obey, listen. Okay, cool. If you do these, you're fine. If not, you're a screwball, go find something else, you know? Got it. And, and it was hard, dude. It was, because you're living in these expectations that you're never going to meet, like you guys were saying. And we're going to, we're going to fail time and time again. And a lot of times we just said, I'm done of failing. I'm just might as well just complete be a, a failure. Like in the ment, like spiritually be like, I'm not going to deal with that no more. I'm not going to mm. deal with that guilt and that shame. But, you know, something that we really are implementing in the youth as, as a youth pastor, is me and my wife, we want to find their faith. We don't want them to believe what we believe or how mm. we believe. We want them to figure out how to believe on their own. A lot of times I think that's what happened with me. I didn't get to believe on my life. I didn't one day realize like, dang, like as a youth, I was like, man, this is what I want. I want to serve Jesus no matter what I do, no matter what profession I take, no matter, you know, what career I go down, I want to serve Jesus. I didn't have that. It was more, I just know how to be good. I know how to live right. I know what gotcha. I take. And, and that's something we want to implement with the youth now. It's like a lot of times we don't help them find their faith or like how to strengthen their faith. It's more like, just follow me. Like, no, 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 dude. Because at the end of the day, once you turn 18, you're on your own. Gotcha. With your parents, with the church, with your friends. You know, a lot of times, I mean, I don't hang out with my high school friends anymore. So that's, that's where the, like the whole change comes in. It's like we change, we completely move on. But if mm -hmm. we can implement those, those building blocks in their life where like I can return and like, I want them to think of God, like as a father, like, Hey, I sinned. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And God's going to say, of course, I'm, I'm here for you. This is why I came to die for, to forgive you of your sins over and over again, for you to live your life fully for the purposeful life and um and like you know just to implement like the youth and how we're there for them we want to start like well what happened with us like i didn't know anything about college i didn't like school stuff like that i probably went to college if i had someone from school help me out but something we want to do is implement in their lives too. Get, you know leave our footprint in their lives if you know a lot of these kids from our church don't know how to fill out fafsa formats or you know uh pages we want people who've gone to college hey can you help me out Put that in there you know it's not just spiritual it's it's outside the world too you know a That's lot dope, of times like like dude i don't know how to get a job okay let me look the linkedin or let's go look on, on craigslist or let's go look on some web website so we can find you a job you know leave that footprint in their lives to we're like wow these guys were loving and genuine and actually cared for me outside of the whole religious or religion side it's more of they cared for me for my career they they helped me get my first job they helped me get into school and stuff like that um, so that's what we want to implement in the youth ministry saying first is find their own faith. I can't do it for you. My mom can't save me. Nobody's moms can save nobody. Yeah. Nobody's grandmas can save anybody. You know, it's you, your own, but so if we can't help build that, then I think we failed as, as uh, the ministry. Cause at the end of the day, it's us helping them build themselves up in the faith. Um, cause I can't tell them, Hey, read your Bible every day. If I'm not there, they're not going to read it. But if I was there, they'd probably be like, okay, cool. Yeah, you know, I'll read it. 
Um, so we want to have that relationship with him. Like, oh, dude, David's, David's living that life, but he's doing this, this, and this, and he's not doing this, this, and this. So they, they can see that example. David's gone through this. Luigi's gone through this. You know, mainly we talk about our, you know, the addictions that we had before, the, the falls that we had. You know, I think uh, pornography, I don't know if we're cool with that. Go yeah, ahead, man. Go ahead. Well, yeah, like for pornography, like, you know, people say, well, once you get married, it's over. You know, you don't have that temptation, man. I think it's harder just because the devil knows that you have that life and God puts you in that marriage and you're like, okay, cool. Dude, you're done. And I've talked to Luigi. I've, I've talked to my wife about it. Hey, I have this problem because that's my partner now. It's like, that's my, my go-to right now. Yeah. Um, so I talk to her, like we were saying, being genuine. I, sh- I tell her my faults. She tells me hers. And you know, that's how we become the couple who we are. And that's how there's like struggles that we don't have because we share our struggles. A lot of times we hide it, but with hiding it, it builds up shame. and they, The bottle gets full and just about to explode until you blow up on someone you're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just release it every time it comes, hey, I, I fell, dude. Like, for example, it's good to have someone of the same, like, you know, gender, Luigi, as my boy. You know, sometimes I just want to go talk to him and be like, dude, I've gone through this. I'm going through this just to let it out. A lot of times mm-hmm. you just need to talk things out, really. If yeah. you can come find that one person, just say, hey, dude, and that's what we want with the youth. Come with us. Like, hey, dude, I'm going through this. Dude, I understand. And they're like, you understand? What do you mean? It's like, bro, I've been there. I, I've seen, I, I've watched pornography too. Uh, you know, I drank before. You know, and they're like, you have? Because like, we don't want to be put on that pedestal. That's the last thing you want. Right. It's mm-hmm. you get to put on that pedestal. Especially you know, with like the of- leaders. You know, it, yeah. it's hard to like come up to, especially like somebody that would be looked at as a pastor and be like, Hey, like I got a problem with pornography in, in fear of like, like, well, son, you know, yeah. <laughs> just pray yeah. for it type yeah. of thing and definitely finding that understanding. Yeah, exactly. And that's something like, you know, with our youth as well, we want to have topics of like, Hey, men on one side, girls on the other, we'll have topics that are sensitive. Like, Hey dude, I know what it is. We know how it feels. We know the struggle. Just so they can recognize, dude, these guys are real. They're not just some saints who are just trying to tell exactly. me what to do, but they've been through it and they just want to help me out. Yeah. Damn. Uh, so I definitely like uh, everything you guys have been saying as far as like the way you guys uh, try to run your guys' ministry and the plans that you guys have. Um, but with the youth these days and how I guess it's considered like the cancel culture that we got going on um, and people wanting to jump in to, to defend really just about anything. I think one of the biggest sore topics that the church might have is dealing with people that are um, not sure about whether they want to date same sex or the opposite sex. Um, and I think that's mainly what I've learned or what I've seen uh, a lot of people stray away from because it's like, how can you hate somebody that has no choice or whatever their arguments may be when it comes to that topic? How, how do you guys handle that? So for example, like the way I'm going to, the way I want to teach the children, like the youth, if someone's drowning in a lake, you're not going to ask him what their flaws are before you throw the buoy or like the lifesaver. Like, that's not what I want them to think about. It's not like, Hey, are you a Christian? No, all right, well, go, you know, go ask an atheist friend or go ask someone who believes the same things you believe. You know, that's not what I want. They're going to save that person because that's what Jesus would have done. 
they would have thrown that buoy, saved them, pulled them in. You go, you get it, okay, cool, I'll, whatever. And that's what we want to implement. You know, a lot of times we just we have this whole persona of you hate us or we hate a certain group of people. But in reality, it's not that, you know, just because a certain group of people feel that way doesn't mean we all feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to implement how to love. Like I said, love breaks down barriers. It's crazy, you know, how much love is. Like I said with my friends, just them. Like, why are you hanging out with us? Because I love you. Legit, he just his face was like, damn, dude. Okay. And that's what we want with, <laughs> yeah, like, like seriously. Um, but also, that's what we want to do. We don't want to just look at the outside person. We want to save the inside. You know, it's at the end of the day, that's what we're doing. We're saving, we want to help them, you know, reach God and come to God and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. And, you know, at the end of the day, we want to teach them, we, can, we can't change people. We can't change how they believe. We've known, you know, we know people who come from, you know, from believing in same sex to coming to Christ. And we've known people from coming to Christ going to same sex. So there's both spectrums, you know, um, and we want to show them that, like, hey, let's help them come to Christ through love, not through, hey, change your ways because I told you to. More like, hey, dude, I care for you. Start a relationship, become friends. And then they'll slowly start seeing, well, this guy actually loves me for who I am. Let me see what he has to offer. And then Jesus. So somebody in your congregation has, you guys have helped him or her walk the path into receiving Christ and everything and knowingly knowing or openly knowing uh, that this person was attracted to the same sex. If this person knows um, who Christ is, he's going to ask God, is this okay? It's not ultimately our decision in the Bible. We can say, read the Bible. It says in the Bible, what it exactly what God requires from us and what he doesn't, you know, those are the guidelines he put for us, you know, as, as man, we didn't put it, we didn't say, Hey, because I said, so no, Hey, the Bible said so, you know, and it's, and it's crazy. Cause a lot of times people refute to like, Oh, the Bible said, so that's all you guys got. Honestly, that's all we got legit. And the Holy spirit, because for us, the Bible is the truth. The, that's, that's a, the word from God, God breath and inspired. Well, no. So we want them like, if he does walk it, be like hey so have you have you prayed to god exactly what is going on or is this really what he wants for your life well, no what i was mainly asking was like have you guys had that that person in oh. there that you guys have known that he or she is openly gay and, and no not yet personally how would you no. would you guys accept somebody like that oh yeah okay i the church the building we call it the church but like luigi said earlier we're the church right and if our, our, our part is plant the seed of love of Jesus Christ and then saying, you know, hey, Jesus loves you and, you know, this is what he wants for your life. Okay, cool. Um, when I was going to church in OC, there was, you know, it's to an extreme, not two different spectrums. There was a drunk man that came inside the church. I was working as an usher. He came up. He came in. He wasn't causing a ruckus or anything, but he genuinely just wanted to be in there, you know, all tipsy or whatever. And he just, he just hugged me like side, side. And I didn't just say, Hey, dude, get off me. It's more like, wow, this guy's like, I hugged him back. And he just looked at me and was like, what's going on? Like, no, dude, let's, let's worship. It's during praise and worship. Yeah. So that's what, that's what the whole church is. It's not kicking people out or, you know, restricting people from coming in. 
it's bringing as much, no matter where you come from, no matter your flaws, no matter your mistakes or decisions you made in the past or you're still in it, God can change that. It's not up to us. Right. I just think it's important to, to know that the reason why people tend to usually stay at churches is the comfortness that they have. Like, just like you, uh, David, my family's always been Catholic. And mm. me and my mom were the only ones that actually converted over to, to Christianity. Um, but the reason why I I changed, or not changed, but that, that I stayed in, in the Christian church was mainly because the people that were there, they made me feel at home. Whereas in like a Catholic church, you're right, everybody shows up every sa- Sunday. But like if you were to like look around, everybody just looks tired, dead, and bored. You know? And mm-hmm. like you might know... a very few people out of like the, I don't know, 500 people that are show up, you know? And when you, I'm sure when you go to your church, you know, you know about 95% of the people there, if not 100%. And that's, that's what you really need. Cause as you said, it's not easy to walk the Mm -hmm. the life of Christ, but you need all your congregation to kind of be there to help you and and kind of back Mm -hmm. you up in that sense. So, it's definitely important, like, if somebody who, who is openly gay and yeah. wants to find God, and eventually, once they do realize that, maybe they'll change their ways, maybe not, but to feel welcomed into a place mm-hmm. where they can receive it. And, and, and that's one thing. I'm going to jump in. And that's one thing. I think it's just building healthy relationships, connecting with people. And through those relationships, it's like once you build a relationship with someone, you're able to be more real and transparent with that person because that person genuinely knows where you're coming from. You know what I mean, if, if I go to someone that's in this case, for example, um, uh, struggling with homosexuality, for example, and I just come in not a loving way, how do you think he's going to, he's going to take that? How do you think he's going to reciprocate to that? Probably not in a good way. Right. But if we come with love, and understanding and then let God do the change or let God work in that person's life. It'll be a lot different. You know what I mean? So that's our church is about connecting with the community, connecting with others. Like my responsibility is to build relationships with y'all. And so, and, and, and our goal right now too, is like, not, it, it doesn't even have to start off in a church setting. You know what I mean? I connect with a lot of people through sports. You know what I mean? We go hoop, we go play soccer. We do all our things. We go eat. Everyone likes to eat. I'm a big eater, bro. You know what I mean? So it's like connecting through people, building relationships, and having those relationships transfer to 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 the church setting. Mm-hmm. And letting, like at the end of the day, like I've been saying this whole time, just laying allow allowing God to work in that person. You know what I mean? I I mean I don't just because me and you don't agree on something doesn't mean I'm not gonna connect with you. I'm still going to be there. We still going, you know what I mean? We still going to connect. So that's my take. You know what I mean? Do you think um, like our generation, we're pretty, you know, pretty young. Our generation within the church um, is becoming more open to like the LGBT, you know, community. Or what are you guys thoughts on that? I know you guys spoke on, you know, you know, being there for somebody, but what if somebody comes into church, wants Christ, but he, they don't change. They, they're who they are. Do you think our generation is more open to that and allowing them to become a youth pastor, to, you know, become a pastor of a church? Do you think we're we're at that point now, or do you think there's there's still work work to be done when it comes to that? Well, we can go 
If we go biblically, I think mm. we all know the answer. Okay. To, to, what, to what, homosexual, what, what God says about homosexuality. Gotcha. Um, but at the end of the day, it doesn't mean they're doomed. Like, it doesn't mm. mean it's over. You, you, you say you're gay one day, and that's not you for the rest of your life. You can live that re- for the rest of your life, but it's not, that's it. It's not defining if we don't allow God. Like, for example, I know the whole adjustment and trying to figure out and like, okay, cool. Can we accept them? Can they be part of this? You know, since I'm not the senior pastor, I can't say, hey, you know, allow them to do serve and stuff like that. I think that we have to talk and say, hey, what do you what do you feel like? What what is going on in your life? How how has God been talking to you about your your identity and what you've been feeling and stuff like that? So that's something that we just really got to take into consideration. It's, yeah. you know, we're walking on eggshells because we don't want them to leave. We don't want them to feel judged. You know, at the end of the day, we don't want them to be like, oh, these guys actually hate me. You know, like these guys don't really care about me. They open their doors and now they're shutting them on me. Like, no, it's like we want the we don't the carnal, the 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 physical right now, it's not what we want, it's what happens after we die. You know, and that's something we want to really take into consideration with them. It's like we want to help you save your soul. We want to edify your faith in, in Christ and say, Hey, there's more after this, and just you know, the Bible has a lot to say about it. Um so if we just refer back to that. Fair enough. Yeah, I think I think too. Like I think it's we live in a generation where like if if you don't agree with the the major population, you can't have a conversation no more about disagreement. Like I feel like we need to create a culture where we can agree to disagree and still love each other. You know what I mean? Like David says, we we're gonna stand on what the word says, what what the Bible says because that's our beliefs. You know what I mean? But if you were to tell me you disagree with it, I'm not going to. I'm not going to, I'm going to unfriend you. I'm going to unfollow you. I'm, I'm done with you, dude. Yeah. No, it's just, we got to respect each other's decisions at the end of the day, because I respect yours. You respect mine. You know what I mean? And, and that's, that's where I feel that's called love because you're respecting someone else's decision, just like God respects our decision. You know what I mean? So, I mean, uh, I, I think we've all either heard or seen conversations uh, with this main topic. Um, and one of the rebuttals that you hear is, well, if you're living very close to God, whatnot, like, you know, you're like you're still committing other sins, right? Because then you talk about like gluttony. You're talking about, um, I don't know, maybe just thinking that somebody, some other girl is good looking, like hot or whatever. Fornication, adultery. Yeah, so, so stuff like Lust. that. And, and, then you could try to compare it to like somebody being gay. Like, okay, maybe I can just be gay, but I can live the rest of my life following Christ. Whereas in like, I mean, I don't know if that works as far as maybe just, you can't just do that one. But then if you're talking about everybody else who, cause I'm sure there's a, I mean, American general suffers from overweight population. Um, so even within the church. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So there's bound to be overweight people at the church, wherever you go. So I probably wouldn't. Basically, the question is, like, how is that person any different from a person who's gay who's still trying to seek God at the same time? I think it's making that conscious decision to repent. You know what I mean? Because there's a difference between repent and remorse. Remorse is kind of like you feel bad for doing it, but you're still going to continue doing it. Repent is turning away from it. And God knows you, like, like you said, like we so we're so focused on homosexuality that we forget that. We forget that other things are sins, too. So. 
it's it's making it's making a conscious effort to allow God to work in your life. To to make that conscious effort to be like, oh man, I failed today, God. You know, I looked at that girl lustfully today, Lord, but man, help me with this issue. You know what I mean? Recognizing that it's wrong and allowing God to help you with those struggles. Because at the end of the day, God knows your heart. God knows your heart. Like, what are you, are you really trying to live for him? Because he has mercy and grace for us. That's why in the Bible, there's 1 John 1, 9. If we, con- if we confess with our sins, you know what I mean? If we confess our sins to the Lord, he'll uh, purify us. You know what I mean? So he'll clean us of that. But we have to have a genuine repentance in our heart and really say, you know what, God? I don't want to live this way no more. I want you to help me. Am I going to fall through the process? Yes. You're going to make mistakes. You might fall here and there, but you're making a conscious effort to, to, to change those ways. You know what I mean? I think that's the difference between remorse and repentance. It's repentance you want to change. Are you going to mess up? Yeah. But God understands and God is going to help you through it. Like, is there a limit, limit. on how much? No. God is going to forgive you in your process. Because here's the thing that, that I, I feel, right? And, and uh, maybe one of the reasons why I, uh, or part of the reasons why I decided to leave. Um, I got to the point, I turned 18, and um, there was things that I started to do. I started to smoke cigarettes. I hid that from my congregation. So um, I always had one after service. Or, yeah, it was basically after service. I never really um, smoked before because, obviously, it smells and, you know, it just, you can tell when something smoked. So I never did that. But I would always be like, you know, like, damn, like, I feel bad. I have remorse. You know, I want want help with this. But I kept falling. I kept struggling. And then it just never happened. And maybe I might have quit a little too early in my journey. To uh, to allow God to work into that to me, but it's one of those things where, like, for example, if some some youth come to you guys and they talk to you about your their problems, what their pornography, being gay, lesbian, whatever, and four years pass by and they're still struggling with this, is that something that you guys were like, well, what are you doing? Like, you should have already changed by now. Like, at what point, if there's any point, like, should that, I guess, the change happen? Or, because we just talked about it, right? Like, wanting to uh, to repent. Yeah, repent. People who are obese, guy's going to continue to be obese. Right? Mm-hmm. And he's still in sin, so. But I think we ultimately have a decision. Like, if, you know what I mean? If you actually... If we put our, like I said, we put our complete trust and faith in God, like saying, because right now it's it's the conception that we're going to do it on our own. Kind of like you're obese. Can you change? No, I'm not going to be able to change on my own merits. I can't change anything about me. You know what I mean? In the true sense. So what I'm saying is that it takes more than us. It takes God. And when I say God, God has a plan. So I can't, we can't truly say four years, three years, a year, two months, it's God's timing. So if you're, if you're working on your relationship with God, 
God's timing is perfect. And not only that, but God has made you a promise. Okay, this is the promise that we're that that we hold on to is that the old creation is gone and there's a new creation in Christ. So God will not let you leave this earth until that has been completed if you are in Christ. Because a new that's what the Bible says. There's a there's a promise that we won't be left the same. That the Holy Spirit that lives within us is a, is is a game changer, right? It changes us. You know what I mean? And, and that's the thing. It's it's not easily to it's, it's not easy to say. Well, what about four years or five years? Because at the end of the day, it's it's a sometimes it's a process, and God's timing is perfect. When I came to Christ. It wasn't like one day to the other. It took me years to get where I'm at today. I was still going to the club. I was still drinking. I was still going to the strip clubs. I was still fornicating, right? But God's process was so perfect because look at me now. I could have quit through that process. I could have said, you know what? God ain't working in me. It's been eight years. I'm still walking lukewarm. But God's, God's process is perfect if you allow him to. That's the thing is that sometimes... It's frustrating. And sometimes we feel like, God, are you truly here? So it's a little bit different. Um, so it, it's it's difficult sometimes, you know what I mean? But but like I said, it's it's trusting and putting your complete faith and trusting God and allowing him to take you where you can't take yourself. Fair enough. And that's something like with um with implementing faith, how to build their faith. You know, if we see them like, okay, cool if we see them not building their faith that's on them like we know they're not we our job is to build it help them build it and if they're not doing it we can see that we can see that spiritual side like in the sense of like you know you're not you're not doing it so therefore you know are we really trying are you really trying do you really want to change do you really see what um the effects of it and stuff like that uh so because once you start building that relationship with christ it's not that god's gonna tell you don't do this it's like God, you don't want me to do this, so I won't kind of deal. You know, it's like, okay, cool. And that's where we have to come in. Like, God's not going to say, don't do this. It's more like God said not to do this. And I want to obey because I love him. I obey. I want to obey because he's done things for me that I can't do for myself. Right. And that's where we have to implement with the youth. Hey, build your faith and listen to God. Okay. Um, B, you have any questions? Right now, no, no. Yeah, I got it all out. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I mean, if there's anything else you just want to share, please go right ahead. Um, if not, uh, yeah, I think, my bad. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I think, I think, honestly, too, it's just you know, I mean, that's why God has given us different stories and testimonies to share with others because that proves to you that you can do it, no matter what you're struggling. Someone struggled with it before, and God has changed them. Yeah, you know I mean, God has helped them with that. Um, one thing too is uh. I just wanted to, to just, uh, if anybody wants to follow our young adults page, um, it's at Zion, Z Y O N dot Y A. Um, it just, I mean, that page is just a community page. It's a church page and we're here just to connect with y'all to serve y'all. And we really just want to, um, just have an, it's, it's a, it's a page for encouragement, a page for prayer. And it's also a Jesus movement, like I said earlier. So if you guys, you know, anyway, have some questions about today's podcast, feel free to reach out to me. Um, I, I'm here for y'all. I love y'all. And, um, yeah, we're ready to serve the community wherever you're at. 
Yeah, and then I just want to top it off with, there's nothing you've done or are going to do that Christ can't forgive. His love surpasses all of that. So there's, don't look back and don't look at yourself as dirty as if you are, come right ahead. Come to Christ and he'll make you clean and whole. And we're like, like Luigi said, we're here to serve the community, the church, and each other. Um, maybe they can find that information on your Instagram, but uh, if you guys want to give your location for your church in case anybody is interested in, in attending. I don't know if you guys are open right now with the whole thing going on, but uh, maybe once this clears up, maybe they can, uh, if anybody's interested to go. So we can find us on, we have live videos on Facebook. It's Zion Worship Center. So Z-I-O-N Worship Center on Facebook Live every Sunday. And we have uh, services on Wednesdays as well and prayer nights on Tuesdays. So we try to stay active online just, you know, for the community and for the people who are in need. Um, and then once you go to Zion uh, Worship Center on Facebook, you'll find the locations, the phone numbers, uh, the address, stuff like that. Nice. Uh, you guys have any questions for us? Nah, man. We appreciate y'all. Thank y'all, man. Thank you guys for allowing us to use this platform to share the love of Jesus, man. Thank you guys. Yeah, of course, man. For definitely, sure. yep. definitely appreciate you guys uh, also taking the time and and uh, willing to share, um, you know, your beliefs and, and what God has done for you guys. Uh, even then, I know that's not easy, especially, you know, uh, with an audience that might might not be so open to to what you guys believe. So that's definitely hard in itself. And uh, I mean, like I said, I, I enjoyed hearing you guys talk. Um, I know that you guys will continue to do this and uh, just nothing but the best of luck to you guys and uh, you know, in your journey with Christ. And uh, I, I do hope you guys make a change that you guys want to see in the world because um, I know it's not easy. So... Most definitely. Um, piggyback off what he said, I can. Uh, I appreciate like the weird realness that you guys give, especially you know having your testimony. Um, that really struck a chord with me. Um, you know, being a person that's not really in the tricks like that, I feel like I could you know be a part of something like that if you know I put my mind to it. If you know, if Louis <laughs> <laughs> getting into, <it. laughs> um, you know, I, I can appreciate the realness, man. You know, regardless of what the church brings and you know what the Bible says. The realness is, I think, what connects everybody. So your experiences connect everybody. So I, I really enjoyed that. And, you know, thank you guys for that, for sure. Yeah. And then uh, with that said, guys, I uh, appreciate your time. Uh, if you haven't, if you didn't get a chance to hear that, that's, uh, say your Instagram again. Uh, it's at Zion, Z-Y-O-N dot Y-A. So follow them. That's for the the young adults ministry that they have. Do you guys have one for the youth? Yeah, it's at Zion. We just started it. Let me look it up real quick. Look at David unprepared. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, man. We all have flaws. Caught him off guard, man. We all have flaws. We all have flaws. <laughs> there you go. I'm just Get sharing him. them. I'm, I'm <laughs> human. I'm human. He turned that down around real quick. Man. Uh, yeah, so ours is at Zion, Z-Y-O-N underscore ym there you go ladies and gentlemen uh go ahead and follow them uh their instagrams if you're interested in more about them and if uh, you haven't followed us yet already please follow us on twitter and instagram at locker room bo that's all together 
And uh, with that said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in for another episode. And with that, we bid you goodbye. Peace out. Peace. The most dedicated. The most dedicated.